blessing us, bringing a bit of heaven down on us here today. And uh, Julie Lewis, I believe it may be your birthday today. Am I correct in that? Happy birthday. Why don't we congratulate Julie on her birthday? Welcome back. They've just been traveling overseas and uh, happy birthday. I've got a lunch on for you today, Julie, so uh, hang around, hang around. And I just want to welcome all of our guests. Um, I met uh, friends, was it Joe and Tess? Welcome, guys. So lovely having you in our church here this morning. Met uh, another friend in the back corner with his son. God bless you. Lovely to have you here this morning. We love our guests. And uh, it's good that you're in uh, the house of God with us this morning. We pray that you have a wonderful service. And uh, here today we are entering into a new series uh, and uh, we've just gone through so many great series uh, during this year, and I've found them just to be wonderful in my life, and I pray the same is happening for your life, and this uh, new series about uh, wide open kindness that knows no bounds, and uh, today we focus in on arms wide open, and uh, I, uh, as I was preparing this this week, you know, and this is a message all around us, you know, representing Christ, and uh, having kindness in our life, I, uh, I really felt that there was actually, there's, an, uh, there's a bit of an urgency, church, on us in the current day of the world right now. There's actually an urgency, I feel, from the Holy Spirit for us to really, uh, really go after uh, reaching people for Jesus, to really not just be sitting back, but actually be a little bit more front-footed than sometimes the church has been. And uh, I really sense that we need to do that. And I know that this, uh, this message and this little series will really help us in that because there's no doubt about it that uh, if we want to lead people unto Jesus, that there's a few things that they'll need from us, and that is often, you know, connection. Uh, they might be needing trust from us. Uh, they just might be needing a spot to open up and have a discussion with us. And often it's kindness that leads people into a connection with each and every one of us. And uh, this series will help to just focus on that, particularly as we come up to our what's ahead. And we heard before, it's, I can't believe it, it's three weeks to our Christmas Spectacular. And uh, can I just urge you, that is simply a stunning night to, uh, to come and bring people. This is the night, there's no night more friendly for the unchurched in our calendar year and our calendar than this Saturday night, because it is a tremendous night. Uh, we come in here for a six o'clock show. We've got like a great show planned. We sing carols. Everyone loves to sing carols coming into Christmas. There's giveaways for kids. There's Santa. There's just a great show planned. We've got media pieces. We've got giveaways. And, uh, and then we do do a, a clear message about why we do Christmas. It's just a great event. And uh, after that, we head out, uh, head out onto that uh, area of the church. And we just have a massive festival. And it's amazing because we put it on and it's all free. So you can bring families in your street, and they will love it. Their kids will love it. There'll be a giant slide, and there's this uh, ride we've had in the last few years called the Storm. It does make me throw up, but for some reason, the kids go on it time and time and time again. There'll be jumping castles. There'll be petting zoos. There'll be a feast out there with all these different tents with beautiful food and drinks and uh, desserts, and it's just a magnificent night. So I want to encourage you to just make sure it's in your calendar I'll even let you get your phone out now to make sure it's there, 28th of November. And uh, as we said before, we'd love people to come and help out uh, by serving and uh, on your seat. Please fill that out, hand it in to someone or the info desk afterwards. You can tick that and say, hey, I could help with this or help with that, uh, because that's going to be a magnificent night, and uh, we can't wait for that. But here today, kindness, 
kindness that knows no bounds, to live in a way where our arms are wide open. And uh, I really take the uh, final words of Jesus as holding such significance, and I know that as he left the earth and he talked about going and making disciples, about going and telling people about his truths, and I just know that that kindness can lead us into doing that in people's lives. And it opens doors for us as a church, it opens doors for us as individuals if we are out there uh, purely delivering Jesus Christ to people and, uh, and doing it in a way where kindness you know, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Kindness is flowing out of our lives. And Pastor Phil said this recently, we win the world by serving, loving, and blessing people. And uh, uh, part of the series here, we're going to do a little bit of study in the first couple of weeks into uh, the book of Philemon. And uh, it's not necessarily a book you would have heard necessarily quoted a whole lot, but it's a wonderful book. And uh, it's actually a little bit of a gem. And I love uh, just uh, what the book's all about uh, because uh, there's someone in jail, uh, Paul's in jail, and there's a young guy um, in jail with him, Onesimus, and uh, he's in jail, this uh, young guy, because he's actually, he's stolen from his, uh, his master, and he's uh, been caught, and he's thrown in jail, and Paul meets this young man, and uh, he writes the letter to Philemon and his wife, and the church meeting in the house, because he's writing to say, hey, when this guy approaches, I want you to show kindness to him. He's done some wrong, but I've led him to the Lord, and he's now, he's one of us. He's one of us. He's a brother in Christ, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send him back, and I want you to show kindness, and I want you to accept him in, and uh, it's a great book of truly, I think, living how we're meant to live in life, actually accepting people, taking them in, even if they've wronged us, even if they've been once upon a time hard to love, even if right now there's some people in your world, and they don't deserve your kindness in the natural, but who knows, in Jesus Christ, when we're in Him, there's not like parameters about who we should, you know, connect with or not. So often we should just be sharing the love of Jesus Christ in the same way He did. And we have this great little book, and uh, in Philemon uh, verses 6 and 7, doesn't really have a chapter, I've written chapter 1, 6 and 7, but there is only one chapter in this book. It says this in the NLT, and I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Refreshed the hearts of God's people. And there we have right in this portion of this scripture that Paul is there praying and I love that because it puts a little bit of urgency. It's not like, oh, I was just thinking he's praying. And if Paul is in prison and he's praying, it's obviously something that's captuated his heart and he's taking seriously and, uh, and he's doing that right here. He's praying that you will put into action, that you. There's one thing I know about uh, being a follower of Jesus Christ. It's not like uh, I can often put up my hand and go, oh, that's not for me. Oh, that's, uh, I'll let Brett Linda go and heal the sick, and I'll have no part of, you know, being that answer to people, and I'll let this person do that. It's so often as Christians, it's like, we're included. When there's uh, letters in the Bible, it's like, that's how I'm meant to live. It's not just, uh, you know, just for them, it's for us, and, uh, and that's uh, often the way when we read Scripture, that so often we've just got to think, okay, this is for me. This is for me, and there's probably times in life where I think we've all had it. You might be in a public setting, and you know, maybe the person with the mic's about to speak someone, and you're the guy kind of going, Kind of looking the other way, you're just praying that you're not 
chosen. You're praying because you know they're going to get you on stage and maybe embarrass you or tell you to sing and you sing like myself and windows crack when you sing or whatever it is and you just don't want to be picked. And, you know, I've been in situations like that. I remember the very first uh, business work trip I ever did. I spent 15 years in the marketplace as a sales manager at an IT company. And when I was very young in the company, uh, there was an opportunity to go on a trip to Hamilton Island. It was four days on Hamilton Island, all expenses paid, and uh, the two people in the company that were more senior than myself, the director and then one of the other managers, they didn't want to go. And I'm like, I got asked, do you want to go to Hamilton Island? I'm like, you betcha, my hand was like, this is going to be awesome. I was single at the time, I just thought, I've got no responsibilities, it was like Wednesday to a Saturday, so I got three days off work, I'm like, I am there, and I remember I got there, and I was just so excited, I was like, you know, just this young guy, and I get there, and I get into the floor, and they had this like bag with all this like jag bag and towels, and they let me, tell me where my room is, and I got there, and there was like two queen beds, and I'm all on my own, and a view of the ocean, man, I was in a happy place, and uh, I remember um, ringing reception to say, can I get a wake-up call, you know, to get up, and I had to get to breakfast, and I think at nine o'clock or something, the first session was starting of the morning for the conference, and uh, I'm an early riser, but I don't know what happened this morning, but I didn't get a wake-up call, and I slept in, and uh, I actually woke up way past breakfast when the session had already started. I was like terrified. I'm like, it's my first business trip and I can't even, you know, get up. And so I remember getting dressed, skipping breakfast and running straight down uh, into uh, where they were doing the first session. And it was like in kind of like a big, long ballroom, but they had these like there was, there was only about 100 delegates, so they had like a massive black curtain. And as I was kind of running through, about to just kind of burst into the place, I kind of heard the microphone on and I went, and I could tell that there was some comedians doing some icebreakers. And I kind of was about to rush through and I thought, you'd be a foolish man to rock up late when there's two comedians on stage with two microphones in their hands and you come in like 20, 25 minutes into the first session. So I kind of paused and I went, I'm not walking in because I knew without a shadow of a doubt if those comedians were looking for an opportunity to break some ice and make some laughter in the crowd, there would be a young boy walking through that who was ripe for the picking. So in that instance, I hid. True story. I went, I'm not going in. I went around down the side of the curtain, and I, and I waited for about an hour because they did their session, and then it went into another session, and then everyone came out for morning tea, and I kind of just, just kind of appeared, smiling. G'day, you know, I went and had my morning tea. No one knew because no one really knew me on this trip, and uh, it was all good, but there's this time sometimes you want to hide from a kind of that you, but I tell you, when the Scriptures talk to us, we've got to make sure that we don't hide from some things, and we are here we're called to put some things into action, and I just know that our Christian life isn't meant to be lived on a Sunday, it's meant to be put into action. It's like, this is where, this is like game day, we get ready, but uh, it continues on a Monday, it continues on a Tuesday. Our Christian life is not meant to be lived one day a week, it is a seven-day uh, practice that we're ongoing, and we're living the life Jesus would want us to live, and we live it to the full potential. Because the world needs to know the good news of Jesus, and we are the deliverers of that. The good news is spread, and it always has, once Jesus left, to people, through people. It's spread to people, through people. And each and every one of us here today can be those people that God uses. Whether it's in speech or deed, we are laying down the love of Jesus Christ into other people's lives, and we're intentional about it. We go after it. 
We don't let like a kind of convenient way of looking at our own life settle in. We, we need to actually be looking outside of ourselves for others, looking outside to how we can help, how we can, uh, you know, be people of kindness out in the community. Our faith in action is so critical. The Christian life is one that God's calling us, is, a, is an action of go. It's not an action of sitting. It's not an action of waiting. It's a thing of go, a thing of go. And God wants us. See, He's so hungry for us just to be all about Him. He doesn't want a rival. He doesn't want a competitor. He doesn't deserve to ever have a rival, to ever have a competitor. He should be our number one, our number one thing in our life. And then once we have that right, we're standing on the rock, we can go and deliver it to other people. And God is so jealous. It says in Exodus 34, 14, For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. It's one of the names of God, is He is jealous. He wants you. He wants all of you. So let's give Him our all in this life. And it goes on in that scripture to say, the generosity that comes from your faith. Generosity is a reflection of God, because God is all things generous. He is all things generous. For Him to give us his one and only begotten Son, to die on a cross for the sins, for our sins, the sins of this world, that is generosity. He gave His Son. He gave His one and only Son. And there it is, this beautiful act of generosity, sending His Son, Jesus, this beautiful jester. And we're called to live a kind of Christian life that we go the extra mile. And the scriptures in Matthew 5 that talk about that, you know, if someone's asked you to go one mile, does it say, oh, just give him half? It says, go the extra. Go two miles. And that's how we're to live this life, is to be someone who's living, an extra mile living, to go beyond just ourselves. And I just know that to do this, we've got to make sure that we're just walking well with the Lord because we all get tired we all get distracted, but I love when we're in Christ, when we're walking closely with Him, when we're getting filled up, when we're getting refreshed by the Holy Spirit, we can live at such a high level of energy in our life, doing the things that God would want us to do. It might not make uh, sense in the natural, but in God, it's like, who needs V-drink? Who needs a mother drink? We've got Jesus. And if we live like he would want us to be, he refreshes us. He fills us with energy. We can go when we feel tired, and we need to keep uh, going into God. And I know I need to do that. If you're, a, if you're a father here or a mother and you've got young children, I tell you, there's times towards the end of the day where you are struggling. And the kindness level might have started great in the morning, but by the end of the day, when you're worn out, when you're tired, when your wick is a little bit shorter, sometimes the kindness isn't there to the degree that it should be. But can I encourage this church, in Christ, that is the key. In Him is the way that we can live how He wants us to live. In Him is the way we can be filled to live such a, a high octane of output in our life and live a big and wonderful and generous life. Hebrews 13, 16, and do not forget to do good and to share with others for which with such sacrifices God is pleased. Really clear. Do good. Share with others. God is pleased with those sacrifices. That's what a Christian life is when we look outwards. It's a, it's a sacrifice, but God is pleased with that. 
God is pleased with us. Let's live big lives. Let's live generous life. Let's live lives where we're kind. We're looking for opportunities to touch people. We know obviously the story, many of us in uh, Luke 10, about the Good Samaritan. And a wonderful story, but a real highlight as a Christian to make sure that we're not turning the other head because there's this person and in the story we read that they're, uh, they're beaten and they're left for dead. Um, and the story's told because, uh, uh, you know, a, a ruler of the law is asking Jesus. He actually says in the Scriptures that he's testing him about what's the, you know, the greatest commandment. And, and Jesus goes on to say, you know, love the Lord your God, your heart, your soul, your mind. And, and then he goes on to say, love your neighbor as yourself. They're the two that Jesus picked. Love your neighbor as yourself. And this whole series is really about that looking for our neighbor. Being kind to our neighbor, loving our neighbor. And then the, uh, the reply is, well, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus says this parable, and he starts talking about it. And there's the uh, good Samaritan who's the only one who actually goes and does and makes a difference. As this person's laid there, the Levite went past, the priest went past, but the good Samaritan. Church, let's be the good Samaritan. Let's make sure we stop and we help people in need. Let's make sure we're the ones that take them in and the... Uh, says in the Bible that, you know, he took him in and he, he, uh, he cleaned him up and he, he you know, helped, uh, you know, get bandaged some of his wounds and then he put him on his own donkey and he took him to an inn. He didn't just leave him at the front door, he took him into the inn. He made sure he was cared for. He paid, he paid the innkeeper. He paid him. And then he said, he didn't just leave it even there, he said, hey, if, he, if there's, if there's going to be a bigger bill than I've paid you for, I'll come back and I'll fix it up. It's such a wonderful story of just a Christ-like life, and that's what we're called to live. That's what we're called to live, each and every one of them. And maybe you're here today, and, uh, you know, in that story, it's about someone physically half dead, but can I tell you, every single day, we are interacting with people, and they are spiritually dead or spiritually half dead. They're not connected with Christ. And we can be the ones to make the significant, life, eternal changing difference for them. Eternal changing, that's what we're talking about. Because the Bible's so clear about what happens when we leave this earth. If we're in Christ, we have Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're to heaven for eternity. But if not, we're separated from Him from God for eternity. It's so clear, and all of this thing is us trying to lead people to the way, the truth, and the life in Jesus Christ. And we can so often do it by these acts of kindness and by actually uh, having our arms wide open. Maybe it's taking someone out for a meal after a church service. Someone new comes in, you say, hey, you connect with them. Maybe it's serving at a uh, C3 care service. And many of us here do that. And we're so proud of each of you that make those things happen as we go out into the community and uh, serve people with the love and the kindness of Jesus. Maybe it's inviting a neighbor over for a meal, cooking a meal for someone. And there's so many wonderful stories within this church of people who do so well of this. And I commend you. Some of you are just outstanding at this. And I've got so much to learn how you do life. And uh, we, uh, we had a men's breakfast yesterday here, which was just a beautiful moment. And uh, our speaker for the morning was uh, one of our great pastors from our Oxford Falls location. And uh, he was saying how he went and spoke out at uh, one of our C3 Cares services at Auburn that uh, Mick and Rhonda and Parani and Aruni have been heavily involved in. And uh, 
he said a really, uh, he said a moment happened that I'll never forget in life. And when someone says that, you're kind of like, oh, what was it? Was it someone else, you know, do a great preach or whatever? This is what he said it was. It was says when, when the afternoon was ending, he went to try and find Mick and Parony to say goodbye to them. And he couldn't see them in the room. And uh, as he went searching for them, he found them uh, leading a man, a man who was uh, struggling to even move towards the bathroom. And he said one of, I think it was Mick, was in front of this gentleman and Parony was behind, going at like snail pace, leading this gentleman so he could go to the bathroom. Arms wide open. Kindness. And Richard in that moment said he will never forget that moment. That is the love of Christ. Can we just commend a couple of men that actually live this? And there's so many... There's so many people that just like live this, whether it's internally within the, the walls of the church or, or, or out there. I can remember uh, early on in the life of being at Silverwater, one night we had finished a prayer meeting and I think my wife Natalie was out of town with uh, baby then uh, Sienna and uh, I just mentioned, you know, I was, you know, kind of just going solo that week and, uh, and uh, Han and Sue Wei uh, came up to me and said, let us take you out for a meal. So they took me down, I think it was Burwood, was it in Burwood we went to? And they went to this beautiful little, was it Malaysian? Or I can't remember what we ate, but what I remember was the love of Jesus shining through, their generosity and their kindness to me. But I was living like an hour's drive away at the time. By the time I got home, I think I might have said I'm going home for baked beans, but they wouldn't have a part of that. They wanted to make sure that I was fed that night. And, uh, and I just love this house because it is full and I could preach for another five hours of story after story of magnificent people in this house who do a great thing representing Jesus Christ. I think we deserve to give the Lord another round of applause for just beautiful people who do it so well. And as I look across this room, there's just people everywhere and they just do it. They do it. They live it. And, uh, and I get inspired by that. And let's just keep going with that. Because as we do it, it opens doors. Late last year, um, our family got together and decided that we would do a street front yard Christmas party. So we uh, got with my uh, two older kids and we designed an invitation that they kind of uh, did on the computer where they drew a picture of some Christmas trees. And we printed these out on our printer at home. And we went and like door knocked the street mainly the houses that we kind of had some idea, most of them that we'd met at some point in a kind of cul-de-sac, and we knocked on the door, and I think we had about maybe 15 homes that we went to, and we said, look, we're going to do a front yard Christmas party. We're going to, uh, we're going to have a jumping castle, and we're going to have a slip and slide, and uh, we're going to do craft, and uh, the barbecue's going to be there. We're going to supply the, uh, the meats and some salads and bread rolls, and just bring some drinks if you want, and we, uh, we did it. We, uh, we handed these out, and uh, one of the great things was my daughter, Sienna, who was eight at the time, really just wanted to connect with some of the kids in the street that we hadn't met yet. So two of the houses we specifically went to, because she knew they had young kids, and we were kind of one kind of across on a diagonal down the street a bit, and another one up the corner. So we went to those houses, and uh, both of those families came to our house that evening, and uh, it was just a great event just to connect and just uh, shower, you know, just some love and some kindness. It was a lot of hard work. I had to make sure that the, the lawn was mowed. We had to move the barbecue down. It was a really kind of night that looked like it was going to rain, so we got some tents and set them up, and, uh, you know, getting the jumping castle, getting it blown up, and it was hard work, but it was so worthwhile. 
And then uh, one of the families my daughter has really connected with, and uh, their two of their three children twice in the last three or four months have come to see three kids. And, uh, and that all started because we went and did a front yard Christmas party, and uh, the fruit was there to see some kids come and hear about Jesus Christ. And, uh, and that's living arms wide open. That's embracing people, embracing people, embracing people. And, uh, and opportunities happen. One of the elderly men that came to that that night, I uh, went and had a chat to the other day, and we kind of got on to church, and he doesn't go to church, but for some reason we got on about his, kid, his grandkids, and he wanted to get some kids' Bibles, and I'm like, I've got some kids' Bibles. So I, uh, I got some kids' Bibles, uh, you know, so we always order them in for church, and went and delivered them to them. You just don't know what doors will open as we open our arms, as we are generous, and, uh, and I just know that God will do mighty things uh, with all of that. About four weeks ago, my brother, five weeks ago, was moving house and, uh, on the central coast, and I went up to help him. And uh, when I got there, there was, uh, there was four of us at the place where we were picking up the hire truck, and uh, uh, two of the guys, uh, my brother had a mate who um, has some organization where he helps people who have done, really, done it really tough in life to give them work. And uh, all of a sudden, I found myself uh, driving most of the day between his house and uh, our dad's house, picking up gear and the storage unit. And uh, I found myself sitting next to this young guy. He was about 19, maybe 20, and uh, he was a surfer. So we chatted pretty much surf the whole time. Uh, you know, I was thinking, is this going to lead on to God? It kind of didn't go there. But at the end of the day, uh, he got some, some news that saddened him. His, uh, his girlfriend... Um, had kind of said, oh, her paycheck wasn't uh, as much as they thought. And we had a little discussion prior to that about money, and he had told me that the, the income he gets, he pretty much has $5 spare at the end of the pay packet uh, every fortnight because, you know, all of his uh, expenses. And uh, anyway, it wasn't a big deal, but I just kind of felt just to give him a little bit of money because he had planned to go out that night with his girlfriend. They're going to have a date. And then the news came through that her paycheck wasn't big enough. So just as I was saying goodbye to him, the last thing, I just went up and said, hey, just take your girlfriend out. And he was like, no, you don't need to do that. I said, no, just do it. It wasn't a lot. It was like $50. It was just, you know, it wasn't exorbitant. Well, about three weeks ago, my brother saw the same guy. He'd never met him before, but my brother needed to go and get some trees lobbed. And that was actually what he was doing as part of this program, was lobbing trees. But he had been moving house with my brother because on that day there was no trees to cut down with his manager. And uh, this guy came up to my brother and said, oh, I've got to get your brother's number. And, oh, we had a great night. And he's showing him the photos of him and his girlfriend they took on that night. And I maybe didn't get on to a big discussion about Jesus in that moment of that day, but he knew I was a church pastor. I have no idea what his experience was, but I just know that it left a sweet taste in his mouth, a sweet taste. And there'll be things that we can do. And sometimes the Bible talks about, you know, we might sow the seed, but someone might come along and water it. And then, uh, you know, someone else gets involved. And who knows, you know, these stories and how their hearts may be open. And he might have had a bad experience about meeting someone else one day, but when he has carries that in his heart, and we can all play that part, being people with arms wide open. Be someone like that. Christmas Spectacular is coming. One of the other things we do is uh, we give out gifts to uh, this year. We're focusing on some refugee families and some of our care centre fa uh, families. So uh, we, uh, we love to ask you, all of us, to go out in the next two or three weeks and buy some children's gifts 
that we can give to some kids who are going to struggle this Christmas. We've got little tags at the table there and at the info desk with like ages, boy age three to six or girl age seven to nine, things like that. And we'd like to invite you to go out when you're at Woolworths, go down the toy aisle, when you're uh, down at Big W, just go and buy some gifts. They don't have to be expensive, but let's just, let's just spread. Let's just spread the good news of Jesus Christ through things like this, great acts of kindness and making a true difference. Let's live not with our arms crossed, because that's a, it's not a nice way to live life. Let's live with, when they're open, embracing people. When I see Mick at the start of a day, we embrace. We don't embrace with, you know, crossing our arms. G'day, Mick. How you doing? Like, you know, like, it's got this embrace, and it's got warmth, and it's got the love, the, the love of Jesus in it. And uh, we can all do that to people that we interact with in our world, embracing people, embracing people. The scripture goes on that we've just read, as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Sometimes we've got to take a moment just to take a stock take of what we have and what some other people don't have. Life in Christ is unbelievable. It is incredible what we have living with him, what he has done for our life, all the forgiveness and the righteousness, the justification, the redemption, the hope, the faith, the love, You could go on and on and on and on. We're redeemed. We're alive to God. We have eternal life. There's no condemnation. We're set free by the Spirit of God. We have this inseparable love. These are all out of scriptures in the Bible. We're one body. We have wisdom. We're made alive. We're uh, we're a new creation. uh, We've got the blessing of Abraham. We're sons of God. It goes on and on and on and on and on. Sometimes it's good to take stock of what we have in him. And remember that is what we have in our life. And let's get that out to other people. Psalms 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives your iniquities, heals your diseases, redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. How good is life with God? How good is that? Let's give another round of applause because this is good news here today. This is good news. John Wesley, the great evangelist and founder of the Methodist faith, said this. He had a rule in life. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. What a great thing to have over your life. That kind of just always ready to go. You're always ready to go. I think that's how Brett and Scotty Linda live. They're always ready to go. Whether Brett's ministering in a, in a meeting of hundreds or he's ministering to someone down the street, he's always ready to go. He's always ready to go. Let's be a church and a people that are always ready to go, no matter where we are. No matter where we are. We're in Christ. We're in Him. And there's just so much good stuff when we're in Christ. We're to live that way, connected to the branch. There's so many scriptures, it's a great study to do, is to look at all the times where even Paul in his writings, this is, this is after Jesus has, uh, ha- has uh, died and, uh, and risen again, and he goes through all these scriptures about what we have in Christ, in Christ Jesus, in Christ, in Christ all these great scriptures of what we have in that. And that is a great basis for this life. In Philemon, the passage goes on, your love has given me much joy and comfort. I love that we can go into circumstances and we can be atmosphere changers because we carry the Holy Spirit. We carry the fruits of the Spirit. 
And when you carry them, including kindness, you can change atmospheres. You can change phones calls. You can change rooms that you walk in. You can go into places, into your workplace, and you're an atmosphere. You're a, you're a bit of a thermostat. You're changing uh, and moving the temperature around because you're setting it at a level that has Jesus Christ at the center. And even Paul can say this in prison, your love has given me much joy and comfort. There he is writing, penning this, and he's in prison. But he knows it can make a mighty difference. Me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness. I think a good question to ask yourself is, are you kind? Are you kind? Are you kind to your family? Are you kind to your mum and dad? Are you kind to your children? Are you kind to those that you work with? Is there this element of kindness in your life? And if you're here today and you're thinking, oh, there's times it's not, what I love about God is today can be the day you can start doing a better job and thinking, God, help me in that. I think I'm not always kind. I'm a little bit selfish sometimes, or sometimes I, I, uh, I amp up in situations and I don't show kindness when I should. And when a big problem, I hit a big problem, it's, oh, maybe it's something here today we can work at. Mother Teresa says this, let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness. Kindness in your face. Kindness in your eyes. And kindness in your smile. Kindness in your face. Kindness in your eyes. Kindness in your smile. What a great statement. Kindness coming out. But we need to get it from God. And the last part of that scripture has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Let's be people who refresh people. Let's be people who truly just carry life into situations, smiling, being kind, including people. Include people into your life. Do that. What a great thing that we can do when we're inclusive. As I said at the start, the love of Christ in the earth is delivered to people by people. Be one of those people that deliver it. Be someone who truly does deliver it. Don't live with the arms crossed. Live with that kindness. Live with that kindness. Be the best person you can. And with God, you can be a tremendous person. Arms wide open. As the band comes up now, I was speaking to a, a relative of mine in the last week and uh, the situation uh, that we're facing and uh, he made a statement that really kind of stood out to me and it was uh, the way I was responding to a situation that we're both involved in and uh, he just happened to say, oh, well, you're a better person than me. It's just because of how I was speaking about someone caught up in this situation. I guess my heart towards it and I guess that's why we're different, isn't it? Because sometimes we do respond to situations and it might not look like how it should in the natural, but because of the love of God in our lives, because we see things sometimes even at a different angle and perspective, because kindness is coming, we do shine. And we are seen sometimes as being great people. Let it keep getting out there. Embrace some people coming into this Christmas. 
let's make sure we're thinking even today, who can I invite to a service, a Christmas service approaching? Who can I reach out to? Who can I even take out for coffee and just ask, how are you really doing? Because there's people in all of our worlds and they are struggling and they want it. They want someone to ask them that question. Like we read in the Good Samaritan, they're half dead. But it can be our love and our kindness and our embrace, opening up our homes, taking them out for a coffee, hearing their story, asking them how they are. And just let God move. See, we've got a supernatural God, and as we step out, He often does the rest, doesn't He? And people open up to us. I was out last night at a celebration, and one of the, the men in our church kind of got this huge smile on his face as he, start, as he started to tell how he had this great conversation with a guy at work. And this guy was, he was telling him his story. And this, uh, this guy from our church hadn't known him that long. And, and the guy even said to him, I never shared this with anyone, but I, but I am with you right now. And I just, I just thought, someone's got to remember that God's on the move. Yeah. And uh, as we put ourselves in positions, people will start to do things that Maybe they never thought they would tell anyone about. Start opening up their lives and start hearing their stories. And, uh, and out of that, it was like, you know, I, you know, they got onto a little bit of a church context. And I go to church. I'm a Christian. And uh, who knows, as we live with arms wide open, kindness that knows no bounds, that we can make a significant difference to many, many people in the earth. And as I said at the top, I believe there's a bit of an urgency for this. Oh, how Jesus wants to see a city saved. How he wants to see people coming out from living bound, living separated from God and be connected to God. And as we draw to a close here this morning, I have one more very, very important thing to do. And here this morning, if you're here in our midst and uh, and you're not uh, living with a close relationship with Jesus Christ. In a moment, I'm going to give you the greatest opportunity in life. There's no question that's bigger than the question of where you will spend eternity. Are you right with God? And if you're here today and you are not 100% convinced that when you leave this earth, that you are going to spend eternity in heaven with God, in a moment, I'm going to ask you a question and you can raise your hand just to make sure today you get right in that. We're talking about, you know, us opening up our lives for people to come in. I love uh, how the Bible says that uh, in Revelations, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens, I will come in and dine with him. See, God is always knocking on on the door of our hearts because he is so desperate to connect with us. He is so desperate for us to open so he can come in and take us so we can live the best life that we can. If you're here today, I've really got three questions to ask. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, if you've never said a prayer, it's called a prayer of salvation where simply you say, I'm sorry, God, I've gone my own way. I'm sorry. I want you to forgive me and I want to start following you. If you've never said a prayer like that, just in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand because I would love to lead you in that prayer. Maybe secondly, you're here today and you've said a prayer like that at some point in the past, but you know if you were to pause today and look at your heart, you know you are far from God. You know you've slipped away. 
you're not walking with him daily and you would like to get back here today and make that defining moment again of you putting him number one. Just in a moment, I'll ask you to raise your hand. You can say, yes, Hartley, that's me. And the third category of people, if you're here today and you are just not sure, if you were to leave planet Earth today, if you are not 100% sure that you would spend eternity in heaven, if you're not 100% sure if God would open the doors to his kingdom and you would like to be sure of that today, I'll also ask you to raise a hand because that is the one thing in life we do not want to have any doubt about. We must know 100% where we're going to spend eternity because we don't know when we will breathe our last breath. We will never know that. But here today, let's just make sure of that. So right across this auditorium, if we could just all bow our heads, close our eyes. I'm going to ask those three questions. And I'd like you to lift your hand. Question one, if you're here today, you've never said a prayer of salvation you'd like to today, can you raise your hand boldly here and say, yes, Hartley, that's me. I need to say that prayer. I need to respond to this message of salvation. God is knocking on my heart. If you're here today and that's you, raise your hand. Maybe you're here today and you've said this prayer, you've slipped away and you want to come back. You know in your heart of hearts, you've drifted. Here today, you want to come back. Raise your hand right now. I'll see it. You can put it down. Who is there? If you look at your life right now and you know you've slipped away, there would be no better moment in life than to come back here today, silver water, on this magnificent day. If you're here and you're not sure of your eternity and you want to be sure, you want to be 100% sure you're going to heaven, could you just lift your hand? Say, yes, Hartley, that is me. I am not sure, but I want to be sure today. I want to know in my heart of hearts that I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to go to heaven. Here today. Just give it one more moment. This is too much of an important moment to breeze over. If you're here to hear today and you want to say that prayer, please lift your hand. Your heart might be beating right now. Your palms might be a bit sweaty. But this is the decision, the most important decision. I said it as a 12-year-old by my bed in the northern side of Sydney, and it's a thing that I will never, ever regret. Nothing will ever surpass this. It's the greatest decision Hartley ever said, ever made in his life. If you're here today and you want to say a prayer of salvation, please lift your hand. We're all good. Let's just uh, look this way. Can we stand to our feet? I'm going to say a prayer over us, church. Because I believe here today that God is moving us for some form of action. For some of us, you just need more boldness. You live a Christian life and it seems to be a bit of a Sunday thing. You don't actively out there in your week telling people, saying that you even went to church. I believe here today there's going to be a new boldness that comes on you. I believe for some of us there's a little bit of a fear opening up about Jesus in other areas here today it'll change the kindness that would go out of our ways see for you even to say hey I'm going to hand out some brochures to that Christmas event the Christmas spectacular maybe a new boldness will come on because you know that that can change a life putting it in a letterbox handing it to someone at work whatever it is let's live an arms wide open faith Let's live a faith of action. Let's just pray right now. Why don't you close your eyes? Father God in heaven, 
Oh, we thank you for the great gospel message of Jesus Christ. And Father God, here today we pray, God. Father God, may we live in a way, Father, oh, where we do you proud. Oh, where we're out there sharing the gospel, being kind to people, opening up our arms, including people, God, in all areas of life, God. Oh, we thank you, Lord God. Oh, that we would truly make a difference, God. In the earth today, Lord God, we'd be carriers. We'd be carriers of the message of Jesus Christ. So touch us, God. Oh, we thank you, Lord God, that you would move. Father God, as we step out, oh, we thank you, Lord, you would move. You would move. As we move, you move, God. Oh, we give you praise. We give you glory, Lord God. Help us, God, to spread the message of Jesus Christ. Hold oh, all around us, God. Oh, touch us on this day in Jesus' name. And everybody said...